Hey everybody, in this week's episode, we're going to be getting into the subject of death and how to build a healthy relationship with it. So stay tuned, that's coming up next. You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back, friends, to the Wizard Factory video podcast, where you subscribe for weekly videos exploring deeper knowledge and understanding of the universe and ourselves. I'm Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And if you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you join us. So today we're going to be talking about death. Big, scary boogeyman under your bed. Uh, This is literally something that every human being has to deal with, contemplate, have a relationship with, right? So we're going to be looking at that, kind of comparing aspects of different cultures and how they deal with death and how we feel that our modern society has largely become uh, estranged in its relationship with death and have rendered some unhealthy consequences uh, as a result of that. So without further ado, let's get into this. So we're going to start out by a quote by Mark Passio, one of our very favorite teachers. Um, anyone who's not familiar, do yourself a favor and go to whatonearthishappening.com and check him out. So Mark said, the fear of death is the beginning of slavery. The principle of freedom comes before life itself. Most people are so fearful and attached to life that they would give up freedom to have safety and no amount of safety is worth the loss of freedom. Um, And so why is that important? Um, Why is death so intertwined with, uh, or why is the, the fear of death so intertwined with the state of freedom? Do you care to comment on that, Brian? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really think that this is a, the fear of death is a kind of a very central linchpin to the control system. And we'll get into, you know, why that is, you know, as, as we talked about a lot on the show, a lot of that really has its roots, uh, in monotheism, you know, and and we'll get to that more as we go throughout the episode. Uh, but if you can start to shift your worldview and how you look at death uh, and you step into more of like a, a pagan or an animist perspective, then all of a sudden death doesn't become something to be feared. It's just part of the process. We can look around and observe in nature that death is always occurring. Uh, you know, the seasons change, like there, there's always a shift. There's always a change going on. If change doesn't happen, stagnation comes in and wherever stagnation exists, that's where disease thrives. So death is a very natural and healthy part of the cycle. You could look at it like a doorway. Um, So we'll get into a lot of different, you know, perspectives of of how we can look at death and, you know, uh, look at, you know, kind of some ancient perspectives or, you know, maybe bring some modern perspectives here as we get into it. Right. So the first thing we kind of wanted to look at to begin painting the picture is many are familiar with the first law of thermodynamics, which states that 
that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. And it's ironic that this is a, a scientific law that um, really kind of lends itself towards there being something beyond death, yet most science-minded people tend to be very atheistic and nihilistic. Uh, but what this means is that you and everything else is in a constant state of transformation. That you have no control over. It is 100% just a fact of every, everything in matter. What you're transforming into is up to you. So your choices in life directly dictate this. When you make incorrect choices, uh, in other words, in op opposition to natural law, uh, things that are causing harm to others or yourself, you know, whether you're just uh, eating badly, um, that is going to manifest sickness and disease in your body, in your uh, consciousness, your soul, and your environment. And so if you're choosing death in your, in your actions, your body will eventually be repo repossessed, repoed by nature, and, and you'll, you'll try again. So, again, we're just looking at cycles, and, and this is, you know, a very big theme that we're getting into as far as really looking at the difference between the modern viewpoint, especially Western Christian or, or monotheist-minded viewpoint, uh, to the, the ancient uh, traditional pagan mindset uh, regarding death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... And we can definitely uh, see there's a fundamental assumption and worldview that is very different in the, in these two different mindsets. Uh, in the Abrahamic worldview, you have this you know this ultimate God that you know even though He created you, you you have original sin, yada yada yada, and essentially you just have this this one short little life. You know, in all of eternity, you have this one, you know, a few little decades, you know, you know, tops or whatever. And then you're going to get judged for all of eternity. Like, that's a totally different worldview than if you look at it, the traditional animist or kind of pagan worldview that looks at reincarnation, that uh, everything is consciousness. Everything has an awareness to it and is here learning its own lessons. And that you don't just have this one opportunity, this one incarnation in order to figure everything out that there's the understanding that you're probably going to take mistakes, that there's, there's so much knowledge, so much to experience out there. There's no way it'd be impossible to ever get it in one lifetime. So you have to come back over and over again to get all of those experiences. All of a sudden, when you, you have that worldview as a fundamental assumption through which you're looking at all of life through, that drastically changes your relationship with death and how you're viewing it, as well as how you're viewing your life. It, instead of something that, you know, you're just forced here, you didn't have a choice, and then you're going to be punished like you're pretty much just a victim versus a worldview where you chose to have experiences because you want to have all of the challenge, you know, you want to experience all the things, both good and bad, you know, the fun things and the difficult things like th that. It's a, it just drastically changes how you look at the world. And that's why the, these, these two worldviews, they're so radically different. That's why they're, 
you know, we talked in our coexist episodes and a lot of people think that you can kind of just blend them all together. Well, when you break them down to the fundamental assumptions, there, there's some very key things that are just radically different and there you can't really, uh, blend them together. You know, it's, it's really a state of cognitive dissonance if you're buying into both. Right, exactly. So we have on one hand this very stagnant, uh, black and white, you know, one life to live. It's almost like imagine if you grew up in a world where the only way to have a career is you take a test and you only get to take the test once. And if you fail it, you can never hope to, to gain access to that ever you know, and then you don't get to choose when you take the test or what the terms are like, that's your fate. And and then, you know, how, what kind of fair world would that be? Especially when under this same worldview, you have the creator who could make the world or the universe any way that he wants. If he's all powerful, he could set it up however. And this is how he chooses to, where there's no there's no chance to learn from that mistake. Once you take the test, you, you die and you, you know, you have to answer for your life. That's it. Um, Mm. versus now the, the, the mindset that observes nature and, and connects to natural law through personal experience and, and looking at these systems that permeate everything and see that death is all around us everything is transforming everything is dying and being reborn again and you know death feeds life that you know composts and it gives nutrients and then new life springs forth even mythology like the phoenix or something like that death is what makes that metaphor beautiful is that it, it you know burns up in a fiery glory and then is reborn again from those ashes and this is really tapping into why this is such a beautiful uh, way to look at this and not just beautiful, but very empowering as well. Yeah. One, you know, to bring in uh, some law of correspondence here as well, you know, I think when you understand that there's the the physical reincarnation happening all around us, you know, like you can see trees and plants die, they get turned into soil, you know, and, you know, broken down by fungi and turned into soil and the new life grows out of them. You can observe it happen. You can see it. But, you know, we've talked a lot about like the hero's journey on this show and the idea of a psychological death or a uh, metaphoric death, like a death to the self. So these are, you know, very similar. That, But when you can see that that is a cycle, that's a process, not only is that something you go through in, in the physical, but on a psychological level, you can learn to develop a, a healthier relationship with death. That seeing death mm-hmm. is not actually this, even though it's something ending at is part of this cleansing process that it's good for old habits or old thought patterns that aren't serving us to die. And then some, a new way of being be reborn out of those, you know, so it, it, it the, the change that is always happening around us, it, it's a very beautiful thing to learn to embrace. I mean, how boring would it be if we only had one season, you know, yeah. like our, our world wouldn't work the same like that. It, that change always has to be there. Exactly. And bringing into context the warrior mindset, which we speak a lot about on this channel, which for good reason, it's extremely important to be an empowered person. Um, The ultimate battle that is always going on is that 
of truth versus ignorance. As a conscious being, you that is the ultimate state of transformation that you are undergoing, is going from ignorance into gnosis or understanding. And mm-hmm. in this way, death is not just a necessary, but, you know, extremely essential part of this process by putting to death old beliefs and paradigms that don't serve your path any longer for something to be put to death it must give way to a new thought a new idea or a new way of being because it it came about through a realization of that which absolutely devastated the old idea obliterated it into obsolescence yeah absolutely yeah so that's a that's a beautiful uh thing you know to to look at you know in fact not again slight you know slightly off topic, but in, in astrology even there are certain chakras that are all about this kind of death energy this kali energy this destroyer um but they serve their purpose for you know major transformation you know and i think we can see a lot of that going on in the world right now and and we're mm-hmm. going to you know tie that in as well but the next little thing i wanted to look at is you know observing how death is actually part of that healthy cycle we can observe a process that happens in the body known as uh, apoptosis which is wherever a cell self-destructs it dies uh, and that's very healthy we need uh, cells after they've served their purpose to die and whenever they don't that's actually when disease built up we get tumors and cancer and things like that that is those diseases are a result of that stagnation where that that healthy death cycle of the cell isn't actually at play so mm-hmm. even on a physiological level and on the smallest level like you're you're constantly dying and being reborn mm-hmm. like and, and that's the healthy state of being when you don't do that and that stagnation kicks and that's when disease sets in the body so you know again with that that law of correspondence you know we can observe it in the physical as well as you know in the mental plane you know when Mm -hmm. that comes to uh, emotional stagnation and things like that that we've talked about on the show so i think that's you know it's just another indicator of why stepping into the animus and pagan mindset and observing nature is really the best i mean that's how you live in harmony where you are because we're all in nature we're all part of it so by observing it and how it works, then we can choose to like live in harmony with it rather than uh, buying into belief systems that are, are going utterly against nature and everything they teach is, is, a, is gaslighting us from what is really around us. Right. And you can tell everything by the, you know, observing the warrior mindset that uses fearlessness as a virtue, as a something to strive for whereas the christian belief system literally operates on fear and if its subjects didn't fear death it it wouldn't be an effective control system Mm -hmm. just you know following the the pretense that it is that if you don't agree with that that's fine but just think that if it was wouldn't it be totally rendered ineffective if the people didn't care about dying if they they didn't see it as a bad thing because why is it that supposedly if christians believe that they're a good person that they're saved and they're they're going to heaven why would they actually be afraid if someone pointed a gun at their head maybe because deep down their soul actually knows that it's all bullshit and that um they actually if if things turn out 
maybe they go maybe they go to hell or maybe nothing happens you know but um i guess that fear of the unknown is really what drives all of this uh because all fear is fear of the unknown it's it's ignorance ultimately so knowing yourself understanding death better is n the natural antidote to that fear well, and i'd like to point out how this is really you know that what's going on currently in the world as we've said has been a really amazing learning process and i think people have drastically overlooked uh, one of the very key foundational components to how the pandemic is actually operating, like to how uh, governments and organizations and people like Bill Gates are being able to uh, get their control out there. And, and a lot of the propaganda they use, it's all centered around death and the fear of death. You know, <clears throat> that's a very interesting thing to observe. You know, they you'll see, uh, you know, the probably you know you need to stay at home and save lives you know the or the old people will die and if you know if you're going out without a mask or whatever that means you don't care about them death is a normal process and now keep in mind i'm not saying i'm wanting anyone to die or that if people do die or they do get sick that that uh isn't a painful thing for families to go through or or a difficult process but everybody dies like from something like it's a normal part of the process. So if you remove that fear of death, if you remove that monotheistic programming that this is the only chance, well, yeah, person like that might be difficult. It might be really sad to lose someone, but if if you're understanding that they they can come back if they choose, well, then you know, like their their energy force, that life force continues on. That all of a sudden, that it's a great comfort to be able to operate from that worldview. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't allow you to be controlled as much uh, if we could apply this to even the government control of them. You know, this is why Rome had to adopt. They adopted Christianity and specifically within the military, because that was a very useful way of getting that into the order followers that, that can then go control the population. The problem they had with a lot of the Germanic tribes is they had this warrior mindset where they didn't fear death. In fact, you know, they were very courageous in battle. Uh a population that has that worldview where they don't fear it, all of a sudden they become a lot harder to control. So having them adopt a monotheistic worldview where there's just this one life, this one chance, and then there's an ultimate judgment at the end, that that immediately like reigns people in control as soon as they accept that worldview and start operating that way. And then that has continued into like our modern society where in the West we're so disconnected from the process and terrified of death that it's really easy for some, you know, a group of people to put out mass propaganda and have people so afraid that they're willing to give up all their freedoms. And it's mm -hmm. centered around the center point of being afraid of death. You remove that fear and all of a sudden that it doesn't work. Right. And man, this just hit me too. Um, this realization that you can love your life without being afraid of death. You can care about yourself and love yourself that doesn't mean that you're afraid to die. You will still fight to defend your life, but that doesn't have to mean that you fear death. That's a right. huge difference right there. And mm -hmm. I, that's why I see like self-defense or protecting your child isn't a, you know, an aggressive act of, of like, you know, what they say, hate, you know, violence is hate. No, that's an act of love. 
for yourself or for a loved one. And, uh, and by default, like I was saying earlier, uh, if morality is truth, then an immoral action is, is out of ignorance and therefore in opposition and at war with truth and goodness. So it's a, it's a very good, it's a sacred thing. Because I, I also notice that there, there actually are a lot of people out there that are so miserable because they, they have so much self-loathing that they actually want to die secretly. I actually had a friend like this, very tragic story, uh, very talented uh, music artist and, and was constantly writing songs about getting killed or dying or killing himself or, you know, very dark, you know, kind of dark themes in the music. And so he was super cool guy, but you could tell he was very tormented. Well, he ended up running from the police uh, as a federal fugitive and killing himself in the process. And I think that deep down he, he saw that as liberation because he was so tormented in his life. So you can see that like, even that kind of relationship of with death also isn't necessarily a healthy one. So there is that balance of self care and the warrior, the fearless warrior mentality. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that brought up a, uh a person that I know, uh, in my life that my, my son's grandmother, you know, his, his mom was talk, talking to her, her mother, and she was kind of talking about reincarnation. And one of the things her mother said to her was that, you know, she, she hopes that's not true because she, she doesn't want to come back. And that, you know, this is a woman that's, you know, Catholic Her whole family's Catholic. Mm-hmm. They, they have been for generation after generation. Uh, Only so someone who sees this place as a prison would actually think that way. They just don't want to come back, you know, and that it, it kind of it had me thinking that, you know, like Christianity really worked by cr- creating hell on earth in order to sell the idea of heaven. Wow. And what I mean Damn, by that, it, yeah, I thought that was pretty snazzy. <laughs> like, um, yeah, you know, it, when you think about it, you, they really did get people to accept such a, a dark uh, and dismal worldview that they grow to hate this, you know, this existence so much that the I they they don't want to come back. They just want to be able to get to that idea of of heaven where everything's going to be, you know, perfect and you know everything will be provided to them by by the sky daddy. And you know that makes a lot of sense of why you know early Christianity you saw its adoption among the lower class, you know, uh, trades people and slaves and and other things like that. Uh, cause a lot of them live pretty dismal lives. Uh, so then the idea of, Oh yeah, this is just, you know, your test. And then, you know, when it's all over, you go to heaven. Well, all of a sudden that, you know, that becomes something that people will then look for. So it, you know, it's kind of interesting how it can work both ways, you know, um, mm-hmm. that they can use death as both something to fear because there's the potential punishment there but also as something that they, if they really hate their life, they can look forward to because there's a potential for reward. So that's a, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it can go both ways and how uh, it's manipulated and used to control people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, you can also observe the way that people are so obsessed with death uh, in a very unhealthy way with their obsession with celebrity deaths. Like it's like people, put on more of a charade for 
celebrities, people who they've let, literally never actually met in their personal lives than they do their own loved ones. And it just kind of blows my mind how much, and especially a lot of these people really aren't very good people and don't really deserve to be revered in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, kind of psychic phenomenon to observe of, of why that is. And, you know, I think a lot of that can come because there is this kind of this disconnect from having this relationship uh, with death, but that need is still inherently there. It's part of nature. We can't escape it no matter how many uh, false worldviews we adopt, like the fact of it, you know, still remains, Uh, you know, and just like we we talked about in the episode that we did about um, order followers, how with the sacred masculine, that, that urge to be a protector and to be the warrior that actually gets played on and then twisted because we, we don't have our indigenous Mm. culture there in order to put that energy into something positive. Well, then in the West that ends up getting directed and used and those people end up becoming order followers. Well, much in the same way death can be played on here that there, there needs to be a natural relationship with it. But if, the culture does not have that, it's going to manifest in different ways. You know, I think something that's coming to mind now would be, you know, look at TV and all the different crime documentaries, you know, uh, and serial killer things that, you know, uh, people are so, so very uh, interested, like a lot, you know, those are very, very popular kinds of shows, all the different crime TV shows and things. Um, You know, and I think there's a lot lot of different reasons for that, but I think needing to have some kind of a relationship with death that is then people are so disconnected from nature rather than seeing it around nature, like going out in the woods and observing it. They're then getting it through an artificial version through their TV show where they're seeing, you know, seeing things being played out. Right. I mean, people don't even have a very good relationship with, with life, much less death, uh, which life can actually be experienced, you know, uh, whereas death, when it happens, there's no going back at that point. So very interesting things to look at. And, you know, again, going back to how uh, all fear is ultimately rooted in the unknown or ignorance of a thing. And this begs the question in context of death of what happens when we die. And we've looked at sort of the uh, one life lived, go to heaven or hell model versus looking at nature and seeing how everything else moves in cycles and circles And then there's also so many other aspects to it we could look at, such as past life experiences. Uh, Specifically in children, there's there's a lot more accounts of that. Children remembering, oh, I was a man and I was in a war and, you know, this kind of thing. You can't really just dismiss that as coincidence or the imagination of a child when there's so many accounts of this, especially, for example, uh, my life partner, her, her own son had recounted something about uh, being an African tribe tribesman or a warrior or something, and then he got his ancestry results, and there actually was a bit of uh, like 2% African in his DNA. So, I mean, sure, you could say that's a, uh, a coincidence too, but, I mean, you have to at least like ponder these things. It is a bit weird. Yeah, that brings to mind for me, there, there's actually a, a certain tribe that I'm, um, having trouble remembering their name right now, but uh, it's very common within their tribe that they, they understand reincarnation to such a point that they can consciously choose to, to come back and come back within certain family lines. 
So, for example, a family member dies, and then they're just reborn into the same uh, lineage. Uh, so when we can start to change our relationship with death and start to understand this, we can then bring our conscious will to that. And, I mean, the possibilities of that, uh, if, if you think of the, the implications that would have on how people view their life and how they go about living, uh, it, would, it would drastically change a lot of people's worldview. And that, that, that's a worldview that a control system does not want people to know about, um, for example, you know, like what could, what could you do if you were a consciousness insurgent that understood you can how to just come back over and over again and, and just continue that same operation? Well, there, there's no really stopping you at that point. And, and that's the truth. There is really no stopping us. It's all an illusion. Right, right. And if you want to see the control system fail, give us a like down there. Yeah. <laughs> So getting back to the warrior mindset, because I want to kind of move this towards reframing things. We've sort of unpacked everything at this point and looked at all the pieces, and now we're kind of reframing in, in terms of what is a better, healthier way to think about death. And, um, you know, again, with the warrior mindset, understanding that a life lived in cowardice is no life at all. And there's, there's many reasons why that's true. The closer you are to death, the closer you are to life. And contemplating your own death really cultivates a lot of appreciation and gratitude in life, uh, presence, mindfulness, and then as well as drive and motivation and fearlessness. Anytime I'm feeling lazy and I can't muster the, the drive, I, I just start thinking about how in a few short years, I'm going to be dead, and the only thing left of me will be the imprint that I left on the world. And that's literally all I need to get my ass in gear. That really works. And mm -hmm. there's a reason for that. If we were immoral, maybe we would literally just like turn into vegetables because we'd, we'd always fall back onto, oh, I could always do that another day. You know, it's our mortality mm -hmm. that really gives so much meaning to the, the short lives that we have. Mm, yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, what a beautiful way to look at that, um, and and that's something that I I myself have done I, a lot in my life as well of like thinking about death and then like using that as a motivation to do things like I've even when I was a young child I always felt that like you know I uh, I only have so much time so I I have like a certain mission or like there's a lot I have to get accomplished and I just can't waste any time so I've always been on some sort of like adventure, you know, like I was, I was always doing different things in my younger years and going places. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's a, a lot of beauty in learning to contemplate death uh, and a lot of value. And even if you think about, um, you know, imagine this is like a technique, say you were uh, in a relationship where you were having an argument with someone, like imagine what it would be like if you lost them. Well, all of a sudden, it like probably brings a lot more value to that relationship. We're like, well, maybe this little petty thing that I'm upset about or that I'm triggered out isn't really worth holding on to. Like, maybe mm -hmm. I should let that go because you don't know when you're going to lose that person. Uh, I think that can be a very healthy way to start to integrate death, you know, and to start to bring more value to your relationships. Uh, for me, that I, I always think about uh, death, honestly. Or I always have throughout my life. It's been a big thing. You know, I have, you know, like five five major planets all in the eighth house there, which is like the house of death and transformation and, and things like that. So it's, it's a subject that uh, really does kind of fascinate me to ponder and think about. But I think when you do that, you can, you can start to resolve a lot of those 
unknown feelings where you can start to come to terms with things uh, a lot earlier rather than just trying to avoid it as something that like, yeah, I know it's going to happen, but I, I just hope it's not today. And then you're always just hoping it's not going to happen. Well, that's like, that's remaining in ignorance of it or you're trying to avoid it rather than just understanding it's part of the process and that you're trying to get the most out of every moment that you have. That's, that's a lot better way to go about operating, you know, in the world. Yeah. Those are excellent points. I, I definitely feel you on the, I've had this thought myself when arguing with my partner that, you, you know, if, if we set our piece, if we had a, an argument and left, a little bit sour and then they went out and died in a car crash or something like that. Would I be thinking about the, the thing they did that pissed me off or how much they meant to me and how badly I wish I could have them back? I mean, that can, that can be true and that can be thought of at any given moment. It, it's, it's there as a tool. If you, if you choose to tap into it at any time and, um, Another thing that hit me that I, when you were talking about your, your eighth house placements and everything, that you, you said it, it's the house of death and transformation. And I kind of thought, hmm, well, transformation is that natural process that's always occurring. But we can temporarily suspend that process uh, if we so choose it, even though it's, it's literally insanity because it's going against the natural cycles of things. And what that leads to is stagnation. So either way, death marks the end of a cycle. But you can you can either be in tune with that and ride the waves in a very healthy way or constantly be trying to fight it and living in that toxic stagnation and then meet your death anyways. Right. Exactly. And that's been the like a major life lesson for me is like learning how to uh, embrace change and that, that these cycles. And I, it, it, that's why it's such a central theme and, wh and why I love the pagan or the animist worldview so much. Like, and, and not only in like astrology, like you can uh, pull like your tarot birth cards and, you know, uh, my first one is the, uh, the wheel of fortune. So, you know, there's, it, it's all about that change, that cycle. It's just a, a theme with that. I myself as a soul, like I wanted to come to kind of understand that, uh, and, and really dig into that kind of perspective mm. and those lessons. So, and that's, you know, it's been a theme in my life, you know, I've experienced or seen, uh, you know, death or, uh, things like that, you know, especially like when I was in the, uh, Marine Corps, you know, there's definitely, you know, you'll see guys, uh, that will commit suicide or, you know, just totally lose their shit. And, uh, you know, it can be very difficult to like see those things, but at the same time, like those, those bring like a lot of valuable lessons. Like you'll even see like with people who uh, like combat veterans, a lot of times going through that experience will actually like make them appreciate life so much more so that they're like, when I'm done with this, I just want to go back and uh, have my family. And you saw that like a lot after world war two, there was kind of that whole generation that they, when they came back, they had, they had experienced that. Uh, and they were like, you know, I just want to settle down and raise a family and have a nice house. And, you know, and things like that. And there's, you know, so there is something to be said of, uh, that kind of apophatic learning, you know, process mm -hmm. of it. Um, Absolutely, man. And, um, and another way we can kind of frame this as well is that death is an end, but it's also a beginning. So we have the first part, right? Normally, uh, it, it's, it's the second part that we're missing. 
So understanding that separation is real, but it's it's also an illusion. Ultimately, uh, the 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 transition of one thing to the next, like the difference between your wrist and your hand. Well, you know that those are different things, but where, can you tell me exactly where my wrist ends and my hand begins? Or two waves in the ocean. Well, what is a wave? Is is it really a thing, or is it just? A, a, a surge of energy in the ever-changing allness of the ocean, uh, you know, or like moving down a hallway from room to room when it's really all just the house. It's that complicated simplicity. Everything is the same in a different way. Um, you can see things for what they are from both the the micro and the macro, and that's that's what we're talking about tapping into the understanding the the fragility and the brevity and shortness of life while also understanding the endlessness and inter interconnectedness of your life and everything else around you mm -hmm. yeah having having both of those com components is really essential like i said it's not either or it's both you know that, that's that thing you know that we we keep coming back to it's not we have to get out of looking at things from this very simplistic black and white perspective mm -hmm. and start being able to see uh, both gradients. the complexity and the simplicity and all the nuance and yeah, the gradients mm -hmm. like that. That's definitely a good way to put it. Um, I, I want to offer a small exercise for the viewers um, in an attempt to maybe shift how you think or feel about death. And this, this could be scary. It could be difficult, um, upsetting, and, and maybe it takes a few times, but the, I think that there's really a lot of medicine in that, especially if it's upsetting, that that's all the more reason to, to work in that difficult space and, and navigate your way through it instead of avoiding it, really. And, and what that is, is to literally imagine your own death. Like, close your eyes, imagine that you died. Imagine it vividly with every single detail. See your mother crying and, and what dress she's wearing and see yourself there dead and pale and gaunt and laying in the casket and, you know, like feel that. Allow yourself to feel that and then accept it. Make peace with it. It's going to happen. It's not if but when. And the more you do that, the more you're sort of desensitizing yourself in a way to the stigma about what that would be like. You're imagining a reality that you subconsciously at a very primal level don't want to, tr to be true. So why would you ever want to imagine that? But literally just using your imagination to, to uh, sort of simulate you making peace with your own death is is something that has helped me personally and it's something that i try to do often and i i recommend it to anyone mm -hmm. yeah it's a, a very good uh, you know i would say a very healthy practice to do you know for sure but yeah that, you know that's going to summarize this episode up you know for us so uh, essentially it's really all about just being able to shift that worldview and develop a healthy relationship with it, you know, realize it's a doorway. It's just part of the process. It's it's not something that should have to be loathed and feared. Uh, and there's no sky daddy that's going to punish you for eternity when it happens. Like, you know, you're here because you want to be and you want to experience things. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So if you enjoyed this episode, you know, uh, give us a like, you know, subscribe uh, and let us know your thoughts. You know, what, what, are, what are your experiences with death? How, how do you view it? Uh, what are some useful things that, you know, you have used to develop a healthier relationship, you know, with death? We definitely want to hear from you guys in the comments below, you know, and be sure to uh, as well. Remember that we have uh, services available, you know, that, that really helps us uh, continue to buy better equipment and uh, keep things going and creating uh, content like that. So, you know, you can find all the different services uh, and products that we have available at wizardfactory.com. So be sure to check that out as well. That's going to wrap us up for this week. So until next week, be empowered, be inspired, and be encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves.